Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing and teal hair-colored Bo Lake today. Our guest is Katriana Yvonne. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Yes, we're happy to have you. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. I, because it is daytime, decided to do a... um, Okay, so it was supposed to be a screwdriver, but I put gin in it instead, so... It's my gin and juice. I don't know what to say. It's whatever. Because I grabbed the wrong bottle. It's early. That's what's happening. No problem. Yeah. Um, In your your honor, I'm going to try some gin and juice because I've never had gin and juice. Um, Go ahead. I'm drinking coffee right now. But for the season, I drink um, Coquito. So I'll be Mm. drinking that later. Um, And I'm a champagne or Prosecco person so that's my preference oh yes i love peach mo what is it bellini i love bellini okay they are they don't agree with me we fight Uh i do love them but what are you drinking today i just have coffee today which i which i put peppermint syrup in because we're being festive today okay you know my daughter bought a bunch of syrups she was like i'm gonna make the pumpkin chai lattes that Starbucks has during certain seasons. She figured out the recipe and she's going to buy it. And then I was like, there's too much work. There's too much work with syrups and blending. And I'm just pouring in a, I need to pour it in the cup. (laughs) We have so many syrups in our house and I don't know any recipes. So I just put a bunch in and call it good. Oh, good. So we need to get you some recipes. Okay. So moving on though, Katriana, What do you write for those that may not know you? I write poetry, mostly. Um, I write some scripts, um, short films, but mostly I consider myself to be a poet. Um, I do write creative writing, um, other styles, but I'm more more comfortable as a poet. Oh, that is awesome. And you have a show, too, Mm -hmm. correct? Yes, I have a show um, in Brooklyn, New York that comes on, well, it's live stream all over, uh, comes on the first Monday and Wednesday of every month from um, at 12 and 5 o'clock, and that's on Brooklyn Free Speech, um, but it's a local, so it comes on here in New York, but if people click the link, it's live stream all over. That's very cool. Very cool. So what got you started writing? Um, Believe it or not, um, I started writing, I believe it's been eight years ago. Um, I also became what they call, in New York, we have a lot of workshops, um, and I was taking them at the local library. And so we have New York Writers Coalition, which has volunteer writers that host or lead workshops throughout the city. So that was my, it was the same time I was starting my show. I had been in um, my other career. I was working at a place uh, for like, believe it or not, 17 years doing laser, um, hair hair removal and tattoo. And I was also an esthetician and, you know, many other things in this lifetime. So that ended and I decided I was starting a new business, which was supposed to be, um, well, it's called One Woman League. Um, So that was to help women start their business. 
but it turned out to be One Woman League Productions, One Woman League Consulting. And um, so I took this workshop because I had time now to take the workshops and I, I met and that particular, I usually do tell this story because um, I usually tell people to walk into their fear. Ooh, I like that. I had taken, I'm just taking classes that are available. And then it's this one class that says um, poetry to image. And I'm like freaking out because I'm like, I'm not a poet. Why am I going to take this class? Um, oh, I think the class was going to be full. I had never done that before. I just signed up and went. But this day, it was like something trying to keep me from going to where I needed to be to change my life. That's how I look at it now. So it was a snowy day. They take like 15 people. And I'm like, oh, I'm late. Every excuse you could think of. And I'm calling up people saying, oh, I'm supposed to take this class. You know, just nonsense stuff that is not like me at all. But on this day, that's how it was. So I just went and I met someone that was a writer and we became friends. And then I started, um, we started going out, hanging out and I was telling her stories and she was like, oh, Catriona, you should write. You have great stories. So that's, I recognize the voice because I always say it was my voice because when I meet people, I tell them what they should be doing. And if they listen to me, their life will change. But I leave that to them, what if they're ready or not. So it's the it was the same way. It was a friend of mine for years. I would just call him. It was on my spirit to just tell him he should write. So when I heard her say it, I was like, hmm. And I have a tendency now to recognize that, you know, I listen to people because that's how I guess the universe works. You know, you people come to you, tell you things. And some people, they don't pay it any attention, but I do. Because when I tell someone to do something or they should do something, they really should pay attention to me. So I pay attention to them. So that's how I became a writer. I went to that workshop. Then I that's how I became a producer. I took classes and got certified. And I was like, hmm, this is weird. Because <clears throat> this was never <clears throat> a part of my story. That, you know, I was going to be a poet. I was going to write a book, but the book, the book was going to be on a totally different subject. Um, it was going to be a book for people looking for someone and when they find them, how to, you know, like a work, workbook for people that, um, found someone that they were looking for and how to maintain relationships and, you know, to do's and not to do's. And maybe, you know, I think everyone maybe thinks they'll write a memoir at some point in time. I don't know. But never was I going to write poetry. And so that that was the beginning. And it had not stopped. And so I write every day and I lead a workshop. Um, Can I show you the book? Oh, please hold it up, please. So the book is Sequence Soul Poetry from the Spirit on Baboa Press, which was a subsidiary of Hay House, because I always wanted to be a Hay House writer. That was the reason I used this company. And now I find out that they have been bought by Penguin. So that's interesting. And um, I don't know if you know Hay House. That was Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer. 
and those were like spiritual um I guess the more spiritual writers that I had read all my life so it was very inspiring to me and it's called sequence soul because sequence is the metaphor for my life because you know yeah you wear sequins <laughs> and little pieces you know you see them on the floor but what can you do it's like life you True. just keep you just see it and you know you deal with it and you keep going it doesn't mean that you can't wear that dress again <laughs> so and gotcha. then I, yeah so I have a workshop that's called sequence soul spirit writers and I have been working with different people new writers um there was another program here called Sukasa so I was writing with seniors um at a adult day center um and that was it's always interesting because I just feel like everyone's a writer yeah so, no, I agree with you. I think everyone can be a writer. It's just whether or not they do it, you know, like right. do they right. actually take the action and do it? Because so many people go, oh, I'm going to write. And then you're like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't just think about it. You got to yeah. actually do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's, that's very, very interesting. Um, what about, uh, you know, it sounds like you've sort of been a sage for a while. Mm-hmm. Is you know, do you feel like that's the case? I I do, I do. Um yeah, and it's a I guess it's a I think I'm I'm feeling like I'm in a different place in my <laughs> my life, um, where I can say things. And be, you know, I had a, a poem called Walking Boldly in Red. And it was just about walking in your power. And red for me was not really a color that I wore, but it was my mother's favorite color. Oh. And so my mother passed away. And I think after that, I started claiming red. And to like, you know, like my mother had like red furniture, red carpet, red everything. And I think in honor of her, um, I took that energy on. And so I think I've always been sort of like an outspoken kind of person, or I just say what comes to my spirit. And I trust that what I say is received the way that I'm trying to deliver it, which may not always happen, but I'm okay with it because I know who I am. I know my purpose. and. I try to walk in that and give that, feed that power to other people. And sometimes, like I've learned, I guess, from this journey so far, that I can tell people things, but not everyone is ready. So I just, like before, I would probably keep calling or keep saying it. But now it's like, no, somebody will have to wait for the next person because I can't. I'm moving on. And I'm okay with that. So I I love that. I it's like self-care for yourself. No, it totally is. And I think it's interesting because um, you know, I've I've had the situation of trying to give advice, and it's one of the most frustrating things, I think. And it's it's an um your own um for me, it's been a journey going, I can because 
when we give advice, a lot of times it's because we have this outside perspective. I always make the analogy that like if you take a football field, we're sitting way up. Maybe we can't see everything like you're seeing it, but we can see the whole picture, right? right? A lot of times. And it's always frustrating to me when I've given advice and then people don't take it. And then I hear the end result going, well, I kind of predicted that was going to (laughs) happen. Told Uh, you. I told you so. You know, and you don't want to say I told you so because that person may not be in a place to reflectively take your advice, right? Right. And then looking back. So I had to start for myself, go, I'm going to give you this, do with it what you will. But when I said those words, I had to also let it go. Like I had to go, I'm giving it as a gift. I'm going to do this. If you don't want it, you can throw it in the closet. It doesn't matter. But I had to not have attention on it. Did you find that was the case? Yeah. Yeah. Usually um, I just let it be. So you've had a very interesting life. I'm just going to say that because I don't think I've ever actually talked to somebody that does laser hair removal, for instance. Oh, (laughs) well, yeah, that was interesting. Um, I had lived, well, yeah, and it's interesting that now in um, New York, I did that uh, for 17 years. Um, I try to tell people about tattoos, don't get a tattoo. I mean, I understand people, that's your life. Some people, it's their lifestyle. Some people, they just want to do it. And some people think, oh, they have hair removal. I could just get it off. No, not that easy. Um, You know, and so I am shocked and surprised that in New York right now, it's like, I think after COVID and I kind of know what happened. Like all these places open. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that's the business I would go into because when I started, let me just say this and move on from <laughs> the definite, like this was 20 years ago. Well, maybe it's been since it was like 1999, it was right before the millennium. Um, and it was like lasers, the technology was new. And so, but the FDA definition for permanent was 30 days. So translating into the minds of most people, permanent means forever, not the case. So yeah, that was that story. And that's the FDA um, definition. I appreciate that. And on the tattoo note is somebody who has many tattoos uh-huh. had them redone because uh-huh. of choices not right. removed I just went you know what you can just paint over this we're just uh-huh. gonna do the canvas right um right. one thing I always say to people when they're talking about tattoos is get something that has a memory attached to it that is very fond memory mm-hmm. like something from your childhood Things like that. Do not do friends. Do experiences because you never right. know if you're going to have those friends. And unless it is your child, yeah. do not put anyone's name on your body, <laughs> including your own. I can say this because I'm, I've been I'm feeling many- very judged right now, and I don't like it. <laughs> well, I do love you, Bo. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually interviewed. Not not one, not two, literally four separate people at different times that had their own name tattooed on their neck. Okay. Are you going to forget your name? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't understand why they did that. I literally, and I couldn't go, ah, 
Why did you tattoo your own name on your neck? Because you can't do that in an interview. Sounds mm-hmm. judgy. Um, but I was always like, hmm. So I knew a guy who tattooed his first and last name on his chest. And I, oh, I don't understand why you would do that. I, I, so things, and I'm, I'm sure you can tell us many stories of many things Mm -hmm. of people going, oops, but that's not what this podcast is about. Is it? No. (laughs) So, um, question then, Mm -hmm. um, when did you start writing poetry exactly? Exactly, I believe around no, um, maybe like I said, it's been about eight years, seven. I think it's been eight years. Got and, it. Um, what, matter of fact, um, one of the people you interviewed, um, Hazel. Oh, which is our connection, Hazel Lynch. Um, we ended up being in a, a workshop that we would take monthly. I mean. Yeah, it's been a minute now, but that's where I met Rach, um, Hazel Lynch, and um, we would, you know, it was a workshop, and it was at a Brooklyn Ethical Culture, and it was Brooklyn Writers, um, Society Writers, and that was an interesting experience because, you know, it's like on Sundays, I went, and out of that group, I think everyone has, maybe I think everyone but the leader has written a book. And it was amazing, just the energy and just listening to, we had one person, she she was writing sci-fi and um, it was writing the prompts. So when you write the prompts, some people just write to the prompt. But this person just wrote continuously using the prompt for her book. And, you know, so it was just wonderful just working with um, writing with people that are just fantastic writers. And I learned so much by observation. And I guess now that I'm a workshop leader, it's like um, you got to see like the things that I guess I would change or the things that I didn't like. And one of the things was always the person, like it's time for them to read. You can read if you choose, you don't have to, but how this person, any person would usually say, oh, this is, they give you this story before, oh, it's not that good. Oh, you know, the whole story, because the story is in their head. And then they read it and you're just like blown away. Like, oh my God, did this person just protest that this wasn't good? And so anyway, that was always interesting. And um, I just honestly cannot say that I think everyone I've worked with is a fantastic writer. And I just so honored to be around creatives. Um, for me, it's just like working. I work um, on a intergenerational community arts council in my neighborhood. So it's a mix of ages. And we do arts and wellness projects. So we did a video. I did poetry. Well, it was actually a song, but everybody had their little part. And um, that was an amazing experience because, once again, I had never been in a studio. But here we were making a song. 
and um, performing at different community centers um, in in the area. So that was nice. And um, yeah, I like taking chances and just doing everything that um, that comes into my mind. Like, oh, I'm not probably not that good at that, but I can do it. hey the only way to get better at things is to do it and then keep doing it and keep doing it and not anything nobody starts off brilliant people can start off in different experience levels and go you know they just have an an aptitude for something but no matter what it is even if you have an aptitude you have to keep doing it to get better at it yeah well for me even if I never do it again. And I can say, oh, that was something I wanted to do. And I did it. Like people always see me and they say, oh, you look like a singer. I'm not a singer. Um, <laughs> but I like to sing. And it did. So I think um, this past year, no, last year, it was, uh, it's a couple of things that come up during the year where you can audition. And one was for a performance they have at Lincoln Center. So I just went by myself. I said, I'm not even going to ask anybody because they're not going to do it. So I went and it was like one of the most amazing um, days of my life. Um, So it was 100 people. And it was an opera. And it was with Tashi Regan and some other um, performers. And it was um, Songs of the Living. So we did like three songs. We marched in. It was like a, it was on their outdoor venue and it was amazing. And I felt good because it was something I wanted to do. I didn't get into my head about, oh, I'm not a singer. You know, I'm a singer that day. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, you know, things like that. So my ideal thing was probably next is like, I'm going to have a band and I, um, I just want people to join that probably haven't ever played anything, but always wanted to. And we're just going to do it. And I'm sure it'll be great. But it's based on like not people that's been playing all their life, um, just people that have a desire to play an instrument or sing. And I want to do that. That is awesome. Yeah. And I, I got that from um, Melvin Van Peoples, the director. Oh, and wow. he was a director, you know, artist, all these wonderful things. And, you know, he's passed on now. But I went to see him perform one time. And truly, in that moment, I had never wanted to leave a place <laughs> because the person wasn't good. And that was the first time. And so I said to myself, hmm, there's a lesson here. When you get older, I don't think it matters like what people think. You just want to do what brings you joy and you just do it and you don't worry about what people think. And that, so then I kept that. In, that's, that was the lesson I got from him not being able to sing. And I said, oh, I'm going to be like when I get I can saying when I get old, I'm going to do that. And I and that is a it was like a joke, but I kept saying it, and I really do mean it. So then I was like, hmm, I, I guess I could, could be considered old. I need to be doing this now. <laughs> so that's probably my that. next project. I love that. Okay, 
We have to take a quick break and we will be right back. Okay, no problem. Hey, listeners, you know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. We are back. We are back. Okay, so I need to ask a question about your poetry where do you get most of your inspiration do you think i um most of my poetry believe it or not is still written from um a prompt like when i write in my workshops i give a prompt but it's not always the easiest to write um when you're leading a group for me it's a different kind of flow so i usually take other workshops like um Gotham or I take a lot of workshops with a lot of different authors and usually it's that's how I started writing because um it was based on a writing prompt and mm-hmm. you just write whatever or wherever that takes you yeah and I also write on online allpoetry.com which is a the largest online poetry um website mm-hmm. which you write it's contests. And even though I was going in person to workshops and then I started writing online and it would be a contest. So it would just be a prompt and I would write for that. And you you get comments from people, you get followers. It's kind of cool. And I felt like I learned something from that experience too that is a little different when maybe you're working or writing within a group of people that after a certain amount of time you get familiar with. Yeah. But then when you're like online and you're just doing a contest, you don't know these people. (laughs) I mean, after a while you get to know some people, like it was one person that I was really inspired by and he was inspired by me. I don't know what happened to him now, but he was amazing. And I was like shocked that he liked my writing. (laughs) And, um, so that helps, you know, and I think also when I hear people say they have writer's block, I, I've never had that. So I think it's something if you write from a prompt, you have something to go with. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you leaving it to, you know, maybe every once in a while, but rarely am I writing like I'm just writing. Like whatever, like you can also like a prompt could be a free write. So you just write whatever you feel like. And that's you could do that, too. But I think when you have a prompt, it gives you somewhere to go, something to draw from. And it makes it a lot easier to maybe get unblocked. So like the person I mentioned that took the prompts and just continuously 
added on to her the story she was writing. And um, I used to think that that was like, wow, that's a gift, you know. But now I'm trying to sort of incorporate that into what I do. Just take the prompt. Like if it's two prompts in the workshop, I'll just do the first one and then I'll just keep on whatever the last one was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how it is for me. I'm sure other people, you know, write from their, I mean, I write from my experiences, but still I started with a prompt um, most of the time. <laughs> I love that. Um, Bo, what questions do you have? What has been, if you can recall, what has been your favorite prompt you've started from? Um, my favorite prompt. I don't, it's interesting. Um, I found a piece of work the other day that I think was my first. Uh, and, and then I was like, hmm, why did I write this? Because it was so different than how I write now. And so, yeah, like even when I started, remember, I said I wasn't a poet. Um, and but I guess I must be pretty courageous because I remember like, you know, I said, oh, I'm going to go to an open mic. I went to an open mic. And I remember my friend went with me and I did that. And I say, OK, I did an open mic. And I don't really consider myself an open mic or not open mic, but a spoken word artist. I'd rather someone buy a book and and hold it and sort of like I have a poem about that. Cuddle with me and read me, you know, and um, that's more who I see myself as. But as far as the prompt, I think the first prompt was that I found the other day was I don't remember. And. I think it was uh, one line, uh, one of these, you know, writing groups, and that was the prompt. And I wrote that, and maybe from the feedback, because I read it yesterday, and I was like, hmm, why did I think? <laughs> I was like, why did I think this was so good? Now it was interesting because at that time, then I went to an audition. Mega Everest College College here has a like a literary conference every year. And mind you, I know at this time, I know nothing about being a poet, a writer. I'm just trying to figure it out. And so I go, I read my, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I remember dropping the page and they were like, oh, you want to pick that up? And I think I read three things, but I guess that I would say that was probably one of my favorite because it was one of my first mm -hmm. um, that I can recall. Um, I wrote something yesterday. The 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 beginning was from Hello, um, from Adele's song. Um, three versions of some of those verses. Uh, there was one. Another one yesterday was. The sky is trembling or embarrassed. It was several different ones, but the sky is embarrassed and I have to leave. And I took that where I took it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll stick with I don't remember. It's because it like was my that. first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. How's feedback been for you 
from people? Like when you get feedback, how are you doing with it? Because you seem like a very strong person. So it seems um, like, but some of the strongest people, when they get criticism of their something that's very personal to them, mm. we, we don't seem so strong anymore. So. Oh, no. I think for me, the well, the, the type of style that uh, I guess when I started is based on um, like when you write in a workshop, we're writing for the first time to a prompt. So we're, no one's expected to have everything perfect. It's no judgment. It's just really feedback, what people liked. You know, I like the line. And you refer to the person as the narrator versus that this is them writing about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm used to. So it's no judgment. I don't really get any, you know, because it's all positive. But in reality, in the real world, I mean, I guess that, so my first book, um, so I had a lot of good reviews. So like right now, I get a lot of phone calls about my book, you know, but I have become, I think, an expert on <laughs> like phone calls and handling people and what they're like trying to present to you. Um, you know, I have respect for the art. But I'm not in it to, if I already have a book and it's already on Amazon and it's worldwide and you're telling me you want to change the, you want me to change the code, you know, and you buy it. and But it involves money from me. And I'm like, I'm not, that was, my book came out in 2019, right at the height of COVID. And um, that was you know, took on a different twist, but, you know, I kept on, I did online, I did my show online and all of those things. And then I became a workshop leader for the, um, for the group that I told you about that I had started it because I always wanted to do that because it gave me so much. And if I could just give that to someone, um, my life is, you know, change from that if I could just touch one person that have a difference in their life and so they had never been online a lot of people had never been on virtual and so that became an opening to deal with people all over the country you know I had writers in um, Canada um, Hungary um, it's just different places it was like wow this is amazing so that for me, um, that was an experience. And so anyway, I'm here now <laughs> and on to the on to the next. Looking forward to um, you know, my next book. And I've had different opportunities. Um, like, you know, the, my feedback was good. Um, didn't really have I mean, I guess the, the worst feedback I would get <laughs> is from myself, you mm -hmm. know, because like I said, I'm so, and I don't even know how it's possible that eight years ago, I really didn't know any writers, like per se. I didn't, I wasn't around writers. I wasn't in this business. And I can say with confidence that I probably know more, not, I'm not saying I know more than everyone. 
but the, I take a lot of workshops and people that have been in the business um, in editing, work for big publishing houses, all of that. I don't care. I know a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I mean, maybe it was just the opportunity to take so many workshops because, you know, I became self-employed and I have to write and look for um, workshops and submit things. And I was just shocked how many people have been in the business and not done the business. Like, mm. you know, there's a work, there are workshop junkies. And like I used to tell my friend, she was a workshop junkie years ago. And she told me recently, oh, who's the workshop junkie? No, it's a difference. I take workshops, different workshops, not, I mean, just to, some just to learn um, different philosophies or different ways to approach or how people in the industry, what they have to say. And so I can use that information for myself and to help others grow in a quicker way because now when I have a group of people and they've been writing way longer than me, like, you know, some people, they tell you, oh, I started out at five. <laughs> I was always a writer and I don't have that story, but they have not taken it where it they could have taken. So I think what I've found for myself, my my greatest, I guess, accomplishment or um, in this business is motivating others to get it done and to see the strengths that they have and believe in themselves. Um, I think, yeah. And then I would ask myself, why do I know so many, why am I in so many different settings with so many famous poets and um, writers and people, even for like historians, I get people give me books about the city. I'm a, um, <laughs> but I guess it's like, if you have to pass something on to someone and you're that, and I don't know, <clears throat> I think they see something that I start to gradually see, you know, later, but I embrace it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Hope I answered that question. So, yeah, the feedback is pretty much, I think, mine. And, okay, it is another difference. When I write online, it's always funny because they don't write. Um, it's a contest, and it's like this one contest. I, oh, this person, she does a lot of, you know, of the prompts and for the contest, and I enter them. And every time it is so different than what I know because I don't give feedback based on, oh, when you said that about, you know, Mary, like I don't, you don't make it personal. It's the person writing. You don't know, you know, it's not, you don't refer to them as the, you just refer it as the narrator, not your personal story. And sometimes it could be parts of my personal story. And sometimes it's just based on a prompt. But I'll get feedback online because they don't use the method that we use. Um, and it'll be like, oh, I hope it gets better or, you know, whatever. It's just relating to what I was writing. And I'm, I'm always like, trying, then you, it's almost like you have to defend like, oh, it's not personal or, but it's always 
a, a, not a comment. It's always about what I wrote and, you know, to make you feel better. And I, I just find that interesting, but I just, you know, take it and keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so we are going to go into what we call the literary briefs portion of this podcast, where we're going to do some rapid fire questions that are not so rapid fire, but whatever. So Mm -hmm. the first question I have for you is, what is your favorite book of all time? Oh, my favorite, hmm, my favorite book. Okay, um, well, on my book, I, I have a dedication to Wayne Dyer. Um, I guess I would say, well, I would say if well, he had so many books, so I think, yeah, that should be an easy question, right? <laughs> I would think this, so, but it, this it stumps everyone. Out. Yes, it, it stumps everyone. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I'm just trying to pick which one because I loved all his. Oh, so okay, I love Rumi as well. And a lot of prompts that I do is based on the work of Rumi, um, Book of Love. Um, So that would be, I guess, one of my favorite books. And Wayne Dyer, anything. Real magic, pulling your own strings. Um, You'll see it when you believe it. Um, Yeah, I was just really influenced by him. And... I think I was like 17 and, and I, I think, and I thank my mother because my mother used to always have books and I would read whatever she, I could find that she had. And his first book, I believe was pulling your own strings. And I read that. And like for me now, I find myself to be in a kind of interesting place in the world because I've always been attracted to spiritual work. Um, there was an author, Anthony Norville. Like you can find his work on YouTube now, um, along with everyone else that was in the metaphysics and, you know, oh, I don't know if we call it self-help realm. But um, someone gave me that book. I lived in California and I was 17. And mm-hmm. it was um, Metaphysics, uh, Third Dimensions of the Mind. And that was a heavy duty book for, <laughs> I was like, wow, this, you know, so, but now at night I'll listen to like, I guess all these people, um, their work is available online and you see all these people with these shows and they just upload their work. And I feel some kind of way about that because, <laughs> because I'm like, how do you get to just take somebody's, even if it's past the, um, you know, where it's available now to just download. And I feel like if you haven't done the work that's in the book, I don't want to listen to you. So it's, <laughs> it's really for me, I don't really have a, a spiritual, well, I'm a spiritual person. So I trust in my spirit as God and that I'm influenced, you know, and everything is available from the universe. And I I really do trust myself. And ask myself, because I know we're all impactful as far as we can answer all our questions, heal ourselves. That was Louise Hay's book, um, How to Heal Your Life. And that was another book that was 
So, yeah. So those I'm just more into the spiritual kind of books and poetry. No, makes um, sense. What about um one that is your least favorite? Mm. Oh, I would hate to say what was my least favorite book, but I'll say it. Um, my <laughs> least favorite book was House of Sand and Fog. I don't remember the author's name, but I wasn't a person that watched Oprah and I know her and most people relied on the book club, but I never did. And it was just one day I happened to be watching and the author was on there. He was the first, he was the first time author. The book became a movie. Um, and I read the book. Oh, because I was just like, oh my God, the way she talked about this book, I'm just, I, I just went and got the book <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to read it and I'll be blown away. And I was just like, every once in a while, it's a subject or certain things. And it'll just rub me the wrong way. Like, I just don't like it. And most times I like everything. Well, that's not true. I like a limited amount of things. But I didn't like that book. But that's just my personal opinion. And that's exactly why we're asking. It needs to be your personal opinion. Yeah. And so that was that. And then I went to see the movie. And it rubbed me the wrong way. And 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 so i think a lot of times it's like when someone gives their opinion and they talk something up where it moves me to follow them and go buy a book and then i'm like why did they say this was a good book or i didn't i didn't agree and that was the first time i just happened to be watching and she's talked about that book and the he was on there and walking on the beach and you know, it was his first book and, and no, um, I'm not like, I don't want to put like, Oh, that they wasn't a good writer. It was just the book that just wasn't something that I benefited from. Mm. (laughs) And it might just be from, you know, my own personal experiences. Um, yeah, it was just like the other book. I won't blame that one on Oprah. Um, a million pieces. Remember that one? I don't know. We might should blame that one on Oprah. A million little well, pieces. Well, yeah, that, it did get blamed on her. That was <laughs> that was the one. What was his name? James something. James Spray. Yeah. And yeah, about his you know being a, on drugs and the whole nine yards, and then it wasn't true. And somebody else was reading that. It was a client of mine, and I bought that book, and I was like, oh. I mean, maybe the, I don't know, maybe I've lived such a, not so much, I wouldn't even say it was an interesting life, but it hasn't been a sheltered life. And so I've probably seen more than most people probably see or experience in two or three lifetimes. And so maybe that's why when I hear, oh, and I get all excited, you know, like, I'm going to be blown away and I'm not, that's when I'm sort of disappointed. So, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Bo? 
Uh, how and do you like to write? One more book. book oh yes, tell us, to, tell us. No, the um, <clears throat> the the autobiography. No, the um, letters to my father by Barack Obama. That was one of the most like to me. I, it's like you know we have this whole book banning thing and all of that. But if I had to say that was one of the most beautiful, transformative books that I felt like should have been on the list for all school kids to read. And I think that it had some valuable lessons and it would really be a helpful book. But um, I guess that won't happen since they're like taking all these books out. You can't read this and you can't read that. But I remember being in the Strand bookstore the other day and I don't know, seeing all these books and I never see that book anywhere. And I was saying, and after I read it, that was the book that I said, this is a book that everyone should read. So, yeah, I'll add that one. <laughs> Letters to My Father. I so like that it. was his autobiography, you know, about his relationship with his father and his identity and so forth. I like what, what is your... uh? Favorite way to like write down your poetry? Are you a pen and paper girl or are you a, a typing? How do you I'm like really, to put it down? I'm pen and paper, mostly because usually I'm writing to a prompt. Um, so, you know, it's time, how many minutes you got to write. And I feel like it's a certain relationship that you have with pen and paper. That's what makes mm -hmm. you a writer. And so I stick with that. I don't really type anything. And then the only issue I have with that after you write volumes of books, <laughs> handwritten, that you have to go and make them, you know, edit them and and type them up. And write oh. So what I, I remember doing that for poetry, like having to type up your poetry and it feels so like clinical to be typing up what you've handwritten I didn't yeah. like it Ugh. so what I do now is I just speak on my i not my i my iPad is mm -hmm. uh, um so I'll just read it and then it'll type it and then it makes it easier to get it done so in reality if I would just write and then immediately after the workshop or whenever I finish writing just speak it and get mm -hmm. it written so that it's on my my phone or wherever it's going to end up, it would make life easier because when you write and you, I must have, I don't know how many books of poetry I have, but I have probably a thousand online and I have, I don't know, but maybe 60 books, you know, with just writing and that hasn't been put, that I haven't spoken into <laughs> for it to go somewhere in written form so then that makes it that gives you pressure like oh i gotta get this done but if you just do it after you finish then it would make life easier but i'm still working on that <laughs> <laughs> i think but we I all are questions. i love the questions very cool um what about where somewhere you want to travel if you if you know money time no option Okay, so the the main place that I want to go is Hawaii, and it's been on my list for about, I don't know how many years right now. And originally, it was two things with Hawaii. 
One was, I was watching on New Year's, one year, they showed everything they did all over the country. And they showed Hawaii, which at this point, it's been so long and I still haven't made it there. I can't even remember what was so wonderful and where it was. I just knew that I was like, oh, I want to go there for New Year's. So every year I was always planning, I'm going to Hawaii. And then someone would ask me to go somewhere with them. And I would go where they wanted to go. So now I'm taking a stand. I'm not going anywhere with anyone until I make it to Hawaii. And then um, right before Wayne Dyer passed, he had right, and he lived in Hawaii. And he, you you know who Wayne Dyer is? Okay, Dr. Wayne Dyer. So yeah. the, the person that I'm talking about, all the books. And so there was a contest called the Maui Writers. And I think it was like, you know, somebody could win a trip to go there. And and then it was this great group that was formed. And so I was a part of the group. I wasn't, I don't think I was, um, yeah, I don't think I participated in the actual contest because I think it was probably $10,000 or something crazy for me anyway. And I left it at that. And it was just a lot of people, you know, your tribe <laughs> to be connected to. And then mm-hmm. he passed. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was so many things connected to Hawaii for me. So it was the fact that I wanted to go there because it was the most amazing place that I saw to celebrate New Year's. That trip would get pushed to my birthday. And I still haven't been there. Um, I'm still trying to go. But now I'm trying to figure out like where the place was that was so great and what they did on New Year's and so-so. And if it makes a difference, if it's New Year's or any time, I just have to go there so I can go other places. <laughs> I I love it. Bo, yeah. what is your um, favorite writing snack? Do you ever like have like a a little snack you or a treat you get yourself while you're writing mm, no particular um snack um yeah if I do have a snack it's whatever is available <laughs> like yesterday I think I would yeah participated in a workshop and I was like it started at 7 15 I went to the supermarket and I'm trying to rush home and um I think I got I was right on it about 7.15 or 7.12, and I had bought some chicken, which is not usually a snack that I would have because fried, and I really, every once in a while, I'll eat fried food. <laughs> so I'm trying to snack on um, on chicken, like, while I'm writing yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'll use that. Or I like dark chocolate. Um, so usually I have that on my table. Um, I might have some of that. Chocolate's a popular one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm motivated by chocolate. Not gonna <laughs> lie, it's one of my favorites. If I write a page, I can have some chocolate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Finish this scene. Have some chocolate. Finish this scene. Have some chocolate. You know, I like that. <laughs> I like that theory. Okay. So, what about um, what is the best advice you've been given as a as an author? Mm-hmm. The best advice I have been given. Um, I think 
maybe, mm, I don't know about the writing part per se, but I know in, um, in performance, it was to read slower. Um, and I, it was a wonderful person I met that, um, he was a great writer, a, a performance writer. And we had done a poetry festival that in the park where I lived that was for poetry month. And it was like the first time and we did it for the whole month. And it was great. And so you met, I met a whole bunch of different poets that I had never, didn't know of. And so one of them, she, she said, oh, read, you know, read slower because your words have impact and they need to settle, you know, like, and yeah. So I hear her words when I read um, publicly, I guess, to just read, read slower so that, um, yeah. And I think when I listen to stuff that, that I used to do, yeah, it's like, you just, <laughs> you're just trying to, I was usually reading it, so it's like he was trying to get through it. And so, yeah, and then I think when I listen to people myself now, I wish that they would say their words slower. But that might just be a thing of nerves or just how people, well, yeah, usually it's a time thing, too, like because you might have two minutes, three minutes, whatever. So I don't know what the reason is, but, yeah, just to speak slower and not rush through what I'm trying to convey and and written form um I don't know if I had too much advice but I could give myself advice because I know when I write um you know writing stuff you, your handwriting sometimes and I think it's something that all people do. You write so well when you're doing a prompt and you only have a certain amount of time, you kind of write fast. And then when you read it, for me, sometimes I'm looking at a word and I'm like, mm, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what the word <laughs> what is. What did I'm I trying, write? I'm trying to read my own handwriting. So um I guess but I don't think I got too much. I need some more feedback on writing. Like I noticed at the workshop that I'm taking now that this person gives feedback and online it's like people, they might find a correction or, yeah, they don't. And yeah, a lot of times I write at night and I mean, I'm tired, (laughs) but I have a habit of like, I'm writing two things a day and so I like to do um, brevity, like short, short poetry. So it could be a contest and it might just be 19 words or tw- whatever it is. I do it. And that counts for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes I'm writing something short um, and I'm write- writing at night and I might not spell check. And then somebody has to correct me on that. And that's fine. But um yeah, that would be the only thing, I guess, you know, online people tell you, oh, you spelled something so wrong. Did you mean blah, blah, blah? <laughs> no, but makes yeah, sense. Was, huh? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, you know what time it is? Shameless self-promotion time. So where can people find you in your books? Oh, so my book is available on Amazon. Um, once again, Sequence Soul Poetry from the Spirit. Um, it's also available. Um, it's also available. So it's all over on Amazon by BoaPress.com. And it's also available on Google. It's and my show is available on I have a YouTube channel, the Catriona. If you just type in Catriona Yvonne, Google me, you'll get a host of different things, um, different projects I've worked on, videos. Um yeah. So the show is Catriona Yvonne show. I also co-host a show called Transforming Lives with uh, three other, uh, usually it's three other people that is on Wednesdays on Spotify. Um, that, yeah, we just talk about random subjects that people don't usually talk about. And then we just give our opinion to help someone else on whatever that was, you know, like mm-hmm. subjects. It could be menopause. It could be losing a child. It could be divorce with children. Um, some random subject. <laughs> I so. like it. I like it. It was so wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was wonderful finally being here as a guest. I enjoyed the questions. Um, I will definitely figure out my my favorite book and <laughs> narrow it down to one. And, um, yeah, those little things that I never really think about. No, that's awesome. So I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you, Bo, for being an amazing co-host. Don't forget to like, review, subscribe, hit buttons, because our AI overlords need that to know how great this show is. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, everyone out there, um, Katriana, I can do this with my gin. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for being here. And um, we will see everybody next time. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye.